Fletcher, what's up? What's up? King Wells, what's up, King? What's up? What's up? Could I ask you a question, Pete? Sure, Johnny. Anything. to listen to Johnny. <laughs> Are you unique people? Peculiar, strange people. What's up? What's up? Hey, Johnny here. I'm down here. seven heads of the beast that comes out of the sea, okay? And it, and it says that these seven heads are seven kings. Five had existed previously. One existed presently while John was receiving his vision back in the first century A.D. And another one was going to come in the future, okay? And then there would be an eighth who is one of the seven who will fulfill the prophecies of the Antichrist. You know, standing on the shoulders of, of those who came before me, and I, I build a lot of my chronology on, on you know, stuff that a lot of people have uh, noted before me. But uh, the way I put it together, I try and, uh, I try and resolve some of the uh, big uh, arguments that are that are going on right now with regard to a number of these events, end times events, and how they fit into the timeline. <laughs> Gotta yield to him and, and step into it, and allow him just to shape us and to reveal to us who we truly are, who we truly created us for. Um, but uh, I remember on a Sunday, it was like the last day of that conference, um, and you know I've been I've been part of this healing ministry for a few months by now, and I'd seen amazing stuff, and and it just uh, created a desire in me. And I've also I'd also uh, listened to a lot of uh, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, uh, oh, yeah. testimonies go even on the internet i mean y- you can see like healings happen in your face um uh, if people want to look on my my facebook account you know i link to a lot of this stuff um but uh uh anyway i just uh i just had a, a passion for for trying to see this kind of stuff manifest in my life and uh so anyway we're at the end of this end of this conference on a sunday and it's near the end and i see a guy on on crutches come in the back door of the church and like i'm in the back and it's near the end of like uh uh ministry time and uh and just a thought comes to me saying that 
um, you know what, Pete, you're in the healing ministry. You know, you're just getting started. Here's an opportunity. Why don't you go after this guy? And, uh, you know, he's obviously got a hurt leg. Why don't you go over and heal him right now in Jesus' name? And, uh, cool. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, okay, that's what I need to do. That's right. And But I stop and I stall and I create a list of uh, reasons in my head, in my mind, as to why I should not. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to look weird. Yeah. What if what if nothing happens? Um, this guy, he kind of looks like he's uncomfortable. You know, he, he wasn't, during the whole service, he wasn't in, in the church. He stayed out in the van. His wife was was actually the the pastor's uh, sister, and but he wasn't into this, uh, you know, wild and crazy, uh, charismatic kind of stuff. But anyway, he stepped in, and uh, as I'm debating with myself whether to go approach him or not, uh, just uh, for like, you know, 30 seconds or whatever, I finally turn around to see if he's still there, and he's not. He left. He'd gone back out, oh. and, and I'm just sitting there going, man, you know what? I, it, it, I hate it to, to let God down. You know, when God sets you up, for God to let you, for you to let to let God down and to not follow through with what you know you should be doing, you know, and and that's so like that's you true. blew it. Yeah, and, and but you know what? We gotta we gotta go after it. We can't be afraid. We've gotta, like I said, we got our theology gotta be based on the Word of God that says we can do that, and He will empower us. You know, no matter how many times we pray and we don't see something, you know, we gotta press into it. We gotta go for it. So anyway, um. Uh, I think uh, my wife was working that morning. Every every few every so often, she's got to work on a Sunday morning, so she doesn't make it to church with us. But uh, but I grabbed my two kids after the service, and we're driving away in my van, and and we stop at through the drive through uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. We're getting something to eat, and and uh, and then I just I'm just thinking about this thing, this opportunity that I missed. So I just pray to God. I just pray, Lord, you know what? I'm sorry. I know that you know this is something you've called all of us to do and to step into. And I just said, Lord, just uh, give me another opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Give me another opportunity, and I'll and I'll go for it. I won't let you down. So anyway, you didn't let, um, you didn't I'm, let him I'm, down. I'm getting I'm getting a little uh, choked up here, a little emotional. It's crazy. Peter, you didn't let him down. No, Definitely but not. there's more. There's more. There's a happy ending to this little story. Because uh, right after saying that prayer, I stop at Chevron, and I walk in the door to pay, you know, the 40 bucks to, to get my van filled up. And the instant I crack open that door, the the lady, the cashier lady, she's walking from the back, the cooler section to the front, and she's complaining to another customer about this terrible shooting pain that she's feeling through her all down her through her lower back and through her leg. She's complaining of this terrible pain. And so it's like, hello. You know, hello, wake up, here's your chance. So I go up and I and I pay my forty bucks and and I get out of there as quick as I can. <laughs> so I go to my truck and I'm filling up. Really? And I'm just and I'm just thinking, you know what? You know what? I asked for it. I prayed for it. What am I doing? You know? So I finish filling up my van. So I so I go in there. This is right after filling up, right after knowing that this is something I need to step up and, and, and take care of. And so I just I just talked to her and I just say you know what I I just overheard you I say I heard you say that you got this terrible pain in your back that's killing you and I just say I just say guess what I I work I work for a healing ministry and I'm trained to to pray for people and uh, and I know that God can take away your pain right now so I said uh, just step out here and I want to pray for you and uh, and she's like kind of caught off guard she's like what but I was so I was so bold and confident you know. That, uh, that there was no argument. She came out, and so and so I I put my hand on her leg, and 
and there were two spots. There was it was like her lower back, and then her her upper leg. And I prayed quickly over both spots, and I said, "Okay, check it out. How do you feel?" And she's like, "She's like, wow, wow." <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." Uh, and then she's then she's like, "You know what? I I still have a little bit of pain uh, in in my leg." Um, and then someone came in, and she was distracted. She had to pay for. She had to take care of that customer, and then. But I'm just standing there. I'm just. I'm just waiting. I'm saying, you know what? That's cool, but the job's not done yet. So I wait until that guy leaves, and then I tell her, okay, uh, let me let me pray for your leg now. And so she comes out, and I and I lay my hands on her leg, and I just pray again, and I and I thank God for what He'd begun, and I just I just speak to her leg, and I just say in Jesus' name, I command all pain to leave right now. And after I'm done praying, I she's she's checking it out, and she's like. She has like this amazing expression on her face, and she's like, "Thank you," and she didn't even know really know how to respond or what to say, and I didn't have time to stick around and give her a Bible study, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I just, I just, uh, she was just, she went back to work, and she's like, "Wow," she's like, "All my pain is gone," and uh, oh wow. And as as I as I'm leaving, I just uh, the only thing I could think to say to her was. Jesus is king. 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 Hey, welcome to the Iron Show. It's boy Johnny. I'm down here. Working on the final edit and mix of Iron Show 29, part two of the new interview with Peter and Lori Goodgame. Oh, yes, and it's such an honor to be here with you. And I am so thrilled to announce that as of last week, we have just passed our two-year mark. Yes, the Iron Show has been in your ear for over two years. Thank you for that, two years on. Now, I would just like to tell you that uh, I threw together some clips uh, from ancient Peter Goodgame uh, sessions. The first one was from... Uh, uh, March of 2007, uh, Future Quake 64, uh, Part 2, I believe, yes, Future Quake 64, Part 2, and then uh, we had uh, a little clip from PID Radio, uh, December of 2005, followed by a classic bit from Iron Show 7, recorded almost two years ago, uh, October of 2009, and uh, that brings us up to date, just wanted to show you where Pete was, where he is now, and uh, thank you for listening to the Iron Show. So lately, over the past few months, Jesse, he's going to college here locally, but uh, he's been going down to Walmart every single day and tracking down sick and wounded people. And just coming up to them and saying, you know, what, what happened to you? What's wrong? Can I pray for you? So, just hunting them down. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, just hunting them down. And he, and he talked about this story where he's basically, you know, there's this guy in a, uh, and you know those little go-kart things? Those little, not the go, but the, the one seat kind of, uh, what do they call them? You know, they go about five miles an hour that the, you know, people that can't walk ride on. Oh, uh, segways? No, not a Segway. No, oh. you sit down and. Oh. Uh, anyway, there's a oh, bunch yeah, of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Power car, power, power chairs, power yeah, chairs. Yeah. In fact, I thought about investing in a power chair now while I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Johnny. Okay, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so Jesse goes up to this guy in the in this power chair thing, and he just asks him, you know, what's why why do you have to use this? You know, what's what's wrong? And the, and can I pray for you? And the guy gets freaked out. And it's like, and he's like, no, leave me alone. And he starts and he buzzes and he you know uh, pulls the throttle to max and zooms away at ten five miles an hour, whatever. Really? <laughs> but Jesse doesn't give up. He he tracks this guy down. He's following him, and and they're like dodging in in between aisles. And finally, the guy has to stand in line, sit in line somewhere. And Jesse comes up to him and like continues to initiate the conversation. And finally, the guy uh, puts his walls down and and lets Jesse pray for him. And <laughs> he's like a he's like a hunter. He's full on. And I don't know the particular testimony. You guys should be Jesse's friend on Facebook because he he's posting all the time. Jesse Snow. That's the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I hang out with Jesse Snow. That guy's amazing. <laughs> oh man. But, uh, yeah, he so he comes in and he shares his testimony and helps us pray in the healing rooms. Um but it's funny, he's like he's like telling okay, I prayed for ten people on Monday, Tuesday I had too much homework, so I missed a day, so Wednesday I prayed for twenty people to make up for it. And- yeah. You know that guy's really helped. He's encouraged me uh, uh, personally on a few things. Which all right. Uh, well, just seeing the young um, generation just totally fired up. Um, it's it's totally encouraging. Yeah. You see these guys just on fire that know the scripture, that just know their identity, that are walking in it. It's it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's good to be exposed to people like that. These are the kind of people that you can well, be. Well, I know, yeah. It compels Pete to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's how, friendly competition. That's really how I was fired up to begin with is when I started just filling my life with testimonies of, of the power of God. You know, You're not going to get a testimony unless you pray. Do it. Oh, yeah. For personal testimony, you gotta you got to get out there and do it. you got to you got to break free of the fear of man, the fear of people looking at you and thinking that you're weird, and you got to you got to do it because we represent heaven, and heaven works according to different rules. So talk about weird. That's a oh. huge issue. The you know these spiritual laws, they don't they don't really align with the physical laws. There's Here, right. My, my wife just gave me a scripture verse to read talking about how we're called to be weird. Okay. There's reason for it. Cool. First, First Peter chapter two verse nine, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Yes, but we are. We're a, Christians are different. A peculiar people, and, and the world should notice. If you're a Christian, the world should notice. My my mentor Louie, uh, back in the mid '80s, he I was making fun of him because he's definitely one of those wild Christians, and uh, and uh, I wasn't really making fun of him, but you know, just we're just poking at each other. <laughs> sure, right. He pulled that verse on me, and that's 25 years ago. So that's been I've had that. That's part of my formation, the peculiar yeah. people verse. So I mean, that's important, you know. If you're not really, if people aren't giving you weird looks, maybe you're not maybe you're not getting the job done. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Be encouraged when people start giving you weird looks because you're on the right path. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah it's kind of hard to swallow, but it's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're just there's so many. The world just has so many hooks into us. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, we're just we're so attached to the things of this world and to 
um, worrying about what other people think of us. And God just wants us to break free of all that and realize that, yeah, that, that we're citizens of heaven. And we're here on a mission. And, yeah, and it totally blows away. It, it totally blows people's mindsets if they don't understand it. But once they see the true power of God, you know, and the true love of God demonstrated, then they're going to be drawn to you and they're going to want what you want. You know, a lot of these things are so cool, uh, you know, as far as the spirit moving. Uh, that's one of the things that drew me to Jesus was seeing his people, you know, because they're doing things that are – they're not only weird, but they're cool too. I was like, this this is cool. I got to get into this. This, is, this isn't boring. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right. That's absolutely right. It's not boring. These are the – these are the, the least boring days in the history of the earth, okay? Especially if you're a Christian. This, it is an absolute privilege to be walking this planet at this time. Right. And we need to wake up and realize that. And we need to get busy because our boss is coming back soon. And, and these, if these are truly the end times, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better time to be born. That's I mean, right. People are scared of the end times, but that's our blessed hope, not... That's Not something right. we need to fear. Uh, people turn yeah. away from a lot of these uh, radical things because they're scared. There's nothing to be scared of. There's That's absolutely right. nothing to be scared of, yeah. But you know what's great is when you get around people who are on fire, it's definitely like a domino effect. Yeah. So I like, you know, as much as it sounded like I was dissing my husband in the beginning <laughs> of the show, I really... <laughs> Oh, everything to him because he had this hunger and this passion that at the time I couldn't quite understand um, him being compelled to just go. I mean, like he said, we were going to two churches at a time. I mean, we were running from one church at like 730 in the morning all the way till nine. That kind of got tedious. Then yeah. going to another church. And as much as we, you know, KCC, they they were awesome to us. We still have a close family. They still try to get Pete on the softball team, even though he doesn't go, go to church there anymore. So, I mean, we did build a community there. But, like, um, it's just that hunger rubs off. And I just am thankful that that spirit of God, his quest to just be in the presence rubbed off on me and it totally transformed my life too so I mean I owe a lot to Pete he you know I think we're both transformed we both saw some things need to be shaken off of us you know yeah, the yeah. worldly thing to yeah. just come in alignment and just really look at where do we want to go what do we want to do we want to be connected to each other and connected going in the direction that you know God has placed on our heart you know with this ministry with our friends just um, being the likeness of God in our heart and wherever we go just to be that reflection but um, you stick around people who are on fire for God it's a domino effect and it'll just transform your life amen that's right this is really good for for a marriage any marriage that's um, suffering right now you, yeah uh, this is something that would really that would really totally transform it, right? <laughs> well, yeah. we've we've had we've had our issues, yeah, yeah. We're okay, not everybody. completely perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody does. It's been it's been it's a been humbling a stripping. process, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, there's things I have to um, line up to God. I don't know if you heard my story about 
being kind of stubborn and not taking on my husband's name for 12 years. Oh, no, I never heard that. Okay. It only took me 13 years to change my last name, but it oh. totally changed our life. <laughs> well, I claim that um, 9909 was a good year to change my name, and uh, Pete never really knew that I was going to do it. But um, she, She'd always said she would, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll believe was, you when it happens. I was <laughs> yeah. that typical independent woman who wanted her own identity. And by doing that, I really didn't line up to what God had for us because I didn't totally submit my life to my husband, you know? And it's because I had this whole independent view of who I was and that I would be sacrificing who I was if I did that. And so um, as we just started going to church, worshiping the Lord, the Holy Spirit convicts you on certain things in your life that you need to do to just line up. And that was one of the things. And Pete didn't know, but like I had like the paperwork filled out for like three years, like 90%, and I just never submitted it like for all these years. And so one day I finally did, and it was really amazing. I mean, God works in weird ways, but like the process was supposed to be really lengthy and all this stuff. Everything kind of cleared. And um, we had major breakthrough in our own marriage the moment I did that. There was, like, uh, restoration, and yeah. our family even saw differences in us. But um, thank God that there is a call to obedience, because even the little things that you think um, really isn't, like, a God thing, because you think you need to go to Africa for it to be a God thing, when you're obedient to what you need to do to change your own life, and you focus on yourself and not all about everybody else around you, um, shift happens. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, because the little things have a huge effect in the spiritual, right? Yes, the unseen. So, um, well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that you know, uh, for some women out there who are really having a problem, you know, there's, you know, because of the women's movement in the '70s and you know the equality movement and all that uh, in the '70s, there's a lot of um, us in our generation and after my generation who there's a lot of independent women in there that might have a problem with what you're saying. But I would just like to point out that the Bible calls us to submit to each other. Yeah, that's true. right. It's not a like you got to submit to your husband down down wench. It's <laughs> not so, yeah, it's submit in the heavenly sense, not the carnal sense. But we yeah. have to the Bible calls us to submit to each other equally. I mean, yeah. Yeah. right? But the the man is supposed to be the head of the household and supposed to be sure, the leader. Yeah. I, I believe that's that's biblical, but but I look, I, I just I just read a really great book on uh relationship on on marriage and it's called um it's called two fleas and no dog you guys can google that and check it out but uh but it 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 just gives the verse that uh the key verse for a healthy uh marriage relationship and uh i gotta try and remember it exactly but it says it says um it does say it does say wives um Respect. respect your husbands and then it says husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church, right? right? That's right out of the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's it. That's really the key is that the the husband wants respect and that he is being a good leader, and uh, you know he needs re- respect and encouragement, and he needs to be uh, applauded for the things he does. Whereas the woman needs more just to be uplifted and loved, and that she's valued. So that's kind of how the the man-woman uh, 
uh, dichotomy kind of works together. And people could read that book to get a lot more uh, revelation and insight into that. I know one thing that's a huge issue is that women, they need something to respect, guys. You know? That's true. You know? That's true. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know? Uh, I want women, my woman to respect me. Well, she's got to have something to respect. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. 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 You can't. You can't be on the couch drinking a six pack every afternoon. And, no, that's not going to cut it. But you know, respect. part of that book too, which is huge for me, was um, the two fleas and no dog is the host. And a lot of times in a marriage, a woman is so dependent on the husband and kind of latches on to the husband when we should be latching on to Jesus and yes. really getting the source from him because. I think that was the key where, um, for me, when my relationship with Pete kind of shifted to where I wasn't looking for him for all the answers, but that I could uh, really tap into my relationship with Christ and what he could do for me and really have that relationship with him, that's when a lot of things changed too because I wasn't depending on Peter to meet all those needs in that sense, that spiritual sense, but I was going to the Father. And so... For me, that was like a huge moment for me to realize that 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 needed to come from me depending on one person and one person alone, the God in heaven. Well, let me just explain the basic principle of that book. Um, The guy who wrote this book, um, he just just got revealed to him that uh, when people, a lot of times when people first get married, uh, they approach marriage and they look at their partner as, ah, yes. It's like, I'm a flea. I see in this person someone who can meet all my needs. In other words, I'm a flea, and I'm going to marry a host. And I'm going to live my life sucking life out of that other person. And then after a few years, after a few years, uh, both, both parties will begin to realize that, um, that the other person is actually not a good host. That other person is actually a flea just like them. So what you have is two fleas and no dog. And so he breaks down how the, sometimes marriage can work is where uh, it starts off with the two fleas and no dog stage. And then it moves forward to, um, what is it, the, the two people drowning. So then people build all this anger and resentment builds up. And it's like you're, they're both pulling each other down. Oh, and then after, wow. that, yeah. after that, there's a stage where it's two people um, treading water separately. Where they both realize, okay, we got to stop drowning each other. We're just going to separate and do our own thing, and we'll just tread water together. That's not, not better. You, it, it's better than killing each other. Yeah, but it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's a step in the process. You're and not the, messing and, with each other. You're just treading water, going nowhere. Yeah, and but then the 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 final stage that actually is the end result, where God is going to bring every couple that are focused on Him, is. Uh, Two people in one canoe paddling in the same direction. Oh yeah! So that's that's uh, that's what we're prophesying right now over people who are having marriage issues. Is that if you want, when you see God, when you realize that God is the person that you can suck your life out of, that's what He's there for. Then you can realize. Then you'll have it in you to begin to meet the needs of the other person, and you'll have the grace, and you'll have the mercy, and you'll begin to see the good in the other person. And uh, and you won't be stuck on pointing out you know the, the things on your list where your partner needs to change. And God will convict you, and you will begin to change things in your own lives. And as you both seek God together, eventually you'll find out that your 
you're just in the, you're in the same canoe and you're paddling in the same direction and you're living as in a marriage partnership in a covenant the way that God wanted you to to live that's something that's, to really chew on yeah and that's going to happen to everyone who's listening if they if they do that if they seek God and it's interesting how you said um that that you can you can suck your life out of God. I mean, that's what that's what He's there for. A lot of people don't, I, I, including myself, really haven't thought about that till now. Uh, yeah. That's he's really the source. He's the source. He's the provider. We want to be independent, you know. Especially in America, we're taught to, you know, get out there and. Individualism is the basis of our society. Right. Individual liberty, individualism, self, self, self. That's what it's all about in, in, in America. That's Unfortunately, that's how we're programmed. And it's not a heavenly uh, program. <laughs> no. I, I know it, it helps a lot of people as they get older like me. Uh, as you get older, you get less confident and less uh, strong, you know, and less emotionally stable as you get older. And that's helped me a lot. Uh, you know, as I gotten older, I've realized that I've need I need somebody to draw strength That's from, right. Right? That's right? And like a spouse isn't qualified; they don't have those qualifications. They're just another human like you, yeah. with their own issues. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, a lot of it comes back to love. Uh, if you think about love first, you know, if that's your motivation too. Then a lot of a lot of these things that you like, you got a problem with your spouse. Uh, a lot of that, if if you if you love that person, you're gonna look for the positive things, right? I mean, that's right, and that's the key. Yeah, that's that's how we encourage each other by seeing the goodness, the gold that God put in each one of us, and grabbing a hold of that and pulling that to the surface. That's cool. What, what's it like uh, to go? What's it like to go into uh, uh, your healing rooms, uh, to your ministry? What's it like to just come off the street? What do you like uh, as you're walking the door? What What do you, you like? Who's who talks to you? Or where do you go? Or what's it like? You know, well, in the first fifteen minutes. What do you What do you experience? Well, there there's an ideal situation that we're we're just don't have the right location right now. But it, but still, God's using it, and it's amazing. So right now we're in a we're in a church office. There's like a, a an entryway where people can come in and sit down, and then there's just another big conference room. And what we've done, we have these just little partitions that we set up temporarily to create two kind of private spaces where people can can be prayed for. So when someone comes in, they'll just be greeted and welcomed in, and uh, and then there's a little paper to fill out. That simply says has you know write your name and the issue you know what you're here for prayer for. So after that's filled out, then someone will take that on a clipboard back to the one of the rooms, and then three people will just pray over that paper, and just ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance, ask for Him to reveal anything more that would be important that that person needs, and just asking you know for God's blessing and for His power and His love to be shown. And then someone will go back and get the person and bring them back into the prayer room, and then um, and then these three people will just take turns praying over this person, and it's amazing. A lot of uh, a lot of prophetic stuff will come out. The, usually, the hardest uh, person to pray is the first one because you really don't have anything to go off of. Really, you're just going to hit the things that are on the list, right? Right. Hit the, 
the obvious things, what that person came in for. Um, but as that first person is praying, there's two other people that are that are listening to the prayer. They're watching that person who's getting prayed for, and they're listening to the Holy Spirit. So then those next two people, um, a lot of times they'll be given impressions or, or feel sensations, or they'll just, God will begin to speak to them uh, in different ways. And by the time the third person has uh, prayed, um, usually God's... T- God's hit everything that that wanted to be uh, taken care of. I think the most important thing is that when that person comes in, that there's it's a it's a private place for them to be. It's not like out in the open where everybody's going to be watching them getting prayed for. It's meant to be like a private place where they can feel like they're getting confidential prayer, and we're really standing in the gap for them for any issue. We've had actually people who brought people who are sitting in the waiting room, who we encourage you know, um, to come get prayer too, because you might not think you have a specific prayer request, but they're actually more blessed to yeah. leave in the room just feeling refreshed and filled up. Yeah. Well, for instance, the only time, the only reason that Louis came the first time was for Ross, because he knew Ross was messed up and he knew Ross needed help. Oh, that's <laughs> so, a good point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Louis brings Ross, and then uh, John... Our director, he grabs Louis first, and I'm like, yes, amen, that's right. Louis, you need prayer. And they take him in there, and he came out of that room just totally glowing, just totally blown away, like dumbfounded, stunned at what God had done. And he didn't even share with me everything that happened until like six days later. And then he was in tears, and we talked for like two or three hours uh, at down at the park because he had come down to watch the end of a baseball game with, that my son was in, and, and it was just amazing. But... Uh, yeah, a lot of times people will bring someone in saying, oh, I know my friend, he has an issue. But God will really want to hit that first person. Well, the thing, too, is people might be fearful when they first come in, like they're not sure what to expect. But it's really, um, you know, it's an individual experience. It's not cookie cutter. I mean, it That's right. each person comes in will get something different based on what they need. But it doesn't need to be a life-threatening illness for someone to come in. We've seen people who... Um, Maybe they're just looking for a new direction in their life. Maybe yeah. they're praying for what job they're going to get or to get a job. And so, I mean, we just say, you know, if you have a need, even if it's not for yourself, people come in to pray for other people, for intercession prayer, for um, family members, salvation, things like that, of needs that aren't even for themselves. And so we partner with them that way. As a, as one of the prayer warriors, uh, the healers, we know we know we all know Jesus is the healer. But as one yes. of the vessels that Jesus is using, that the Spirit is using uh, to to commence that healing, the person that's that's you know that's doing the praying, the the healer. Uh, what kind of do they have? Some kind of uh, is there some kind of method for their prayer, or do they just just or they just go right off the top of their head when they're trying to find out, you know, right off the bat, you know, could you, Holy Spirit, could you speak to me? Could you reveal something about this situation? Well, you know, we pray with people, the same people consistently. So we, we, we identify certain patterns and certain ways that people pray, you know. Um, but there is no there is no model prayer, you know, that this is how you have to pray. Um, but what we try and encourage, though, is the authority of the believer and we we kind of try to discourage um, weak prayers where you end up begging God to do something, because oh. we truly believe that God is begging us to do something. 
because he's given us the power and the authority. And it's up to us to release that and to stand in that authority and to release that power in love and see things happen. So I don't think God is up there withholding anything from us saying, you need to beg harder, beg harder. You know, that's not how our God is. He wants to, he wants to move. It's just that he's chosen us as, you know, God's working in partnership with us throughout history to see things happen. And we know, you know, through my study of end times, I believe that, you know, God is omniscient and omnipotent and God knows everything that's going to happen. I believe that, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, that we'll see how God has used every, even every evil thing, he's, he'll, he'll, he's able to use it for his glory. But yet, God is trusting us uh, to a huge extent. You know, I mean, just look at the trust that he placed in his 12 disciples. Just two regular guys that oh, he yeah. just called, oh, yeah. that laid down everything. The, the same thing, same process is continuing today. He's trusting us. He's saying, look, I'm going to give you the gifts. I'm going to give you the tools. But you need to go out and you need to use them. So that's that's how we, we try to pray is in authority. You know, we command healing. We say, be healed in Jesus' name. You know, we say, um, you know, diabetes, leave. Leave this person. Lupus, get out of here. You don't belong here. The name of Jesus is more powerful than lupus. You have to go. That's think, that's kind of how we pray. I think also like John and Linda, the whole healing room ministry they do have um, training that equips you so if you're thinking about getting into the ministry or like being a partner of it they they do have like a a day where you, they sit down yeah. and, and help build a foundation so it's all scripturally based it, all of it comes from the bible they're just um are giving you the armor to be able to pray for someone with the faith level um in the teachings that come straight from the bible so i mean there is a preparation if there are people who feel like they need a little bit more before they get in that room training. A lot of people start off volunteering at that front desk where you're checking in people because you're the one who actually sees the transformation, how they come in and what they look like when they leave. It's it's a posture change. It's um, <laughs> them confessing with their own mouth something happened in that room. It's them saying they had pain when they walked in and you get to see them leave with a smile on their face. So a lot of people who start volunteering start just at the um, front desk welcoming people, just getting to know them. You get to um, find out a little bit about them before they actually get in the room and you really get to see the change when they come out. Because a lot of times when you're in the room, um, you know, you're praying nonstop as each person comes in and out. But the, the person really at the front desk is the one who sees the major transformation. Yeah, yeah if you're... If you're actually someone involved in praying, um, it's like the those few hours during ministry time goes goes by in like a heartbeat, and the presence of God is so heavy in that place that it's, there's like this tingly sensation, this weight of glory that's on you, and it's like it's it's heavenly. I mean, it's like you're floating around, and your and your faith is built up, and and you know you're speaking the word of the Lord, and and the, it's just, uh, it's amazing. Sometimes it's amazing. you're getting ministered while you're ministering to oh, someone else. It's speaking absolutely. to you, and it's being yeah, confirmed I, I mean, in your I, own spirit. I mean, I might show up at the healing room in the morning uh, a little irritated with my wife, and by the end, it's like the, the issue is totally forgotten. Thanks for sharing that one. See, the power of testimony. <laughs> you're on the Iron Show now, Lori. I know, but you know what? There is There is a truth to that. When you're ready to go do God's work, there is a battle that can happen that can poke its yeah. ugly head up yeah. right before you get into that room. And we, we tell our people that, you know, if you're having a hard time getting there, 
press press, press in through. because Come it on. might be an amazing thing that's going to be a result of it because just by being obedient you know that um, you're there to just pray for breakthrough for people and so sometimes the most um, incredible stuff happen when we've had a challenging morning just to get to the <laughs> healing rooms we see a miracles break out because the devil doesn't want us praying for people yeah yeah I was gonna say have you noticed <laughs> spiritual attacks on you since you really started stepping into the will yeah. that God has for you yeah yeah I mean, we, we have challenges periodically um no you know we as as me and my wife began to come onto the same page and make a commitment to be of one mind and of one spirit and of one heart, you know, um, then we started praying that prayer of John 15, and I actually had I had like a, you know, uh, how do I say this? The, the Lord spoke to me in in uh, directly to my mind, uh, I, and I wrote this down in my journal. I forget exactly what I said, but the Lord said to me, He said. Um, always believe you have a gardener okay the, the way it was worded was a little weird but it caught my attention and it led me directly to John 15 and it's talking about how um, Jesus I mean let me just look it up here but I'm, I'm saying this because this is kind of the prayer that we began to pray and uh, and our prayer was answered and it, and a lot of things came up well, <laughs> while, he's, while he's looking for that one of the things, though, is like we realize and we come to realize not everything is from the devil. Some of it is just flesh. Some of it is just our own Sin. ego. Some Sin. of it is just our own selfish ways. So we can't just glorify him, and we don't want to give credit to the devil on everything. I mean, a lot of it is our own choice. So um, we just tend to look at, you know, what are we doing to make sure we're lining up with God and and shift that way so this is the verse john 15 i am the true vine and my father is the husbandman now in my bible nasb it says my father is the gardener so that's how god spoke to me and he spoke to me in my version oh. um, and uh, it says uh, every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit so yeah we we began to we naively began to pray this prayer of Lord, strip away every branch that isn't bearing good fruit. Oh. Strip it away from us and and burn it in the fire, because we want to be just firmly planted and strong in you, and we want to be bearing fruit. So yeah, we've had uh, we've gone through our episodes where God will bring challenges before us, and we'll have to work through it together and conquer it through through much emotion, pain, and heartaches sometimes. But it's always amazing once we get that breakthrough and reach the other side. And, and we are more committed to each other, more in love with each other, more, and more, uh, more in line with God. I think in the beginning, too, we always had an understanding that we were in it for the long haul. Yeah. So no matter what came against us, we needed to work it out. We needed to um, come together and... and work out our differences. I think that was like the biggest thing is we just never, there wasn't an option to just leave. So it's always like, okay, what do we need to do differently <laughs> to yeah. get different results? Yeah. It's like when you're on the freeway, you know, you've got your eye on three miles ahead on the road. You're not paying attention to the bushes that are whipping yeah. past you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
If you, you know, there's people out there that are actually afraid to uh, step into God's will, to to step into their uh, true identity. You know, as as you know, healers, as spirit-filled Christians, because they're afraid of the spiritual attacks that's going to come from the devil and their flesh. What do you? What kind of advice do you have to give to them? What would you say to them? Uh, just focus on the promises of God and the, and the goodness of God, and know that He's not going to put you, He's not going to put you through anything that He can't handle. That, it, that's cool. Words, he's got to He's going to handle everything, and if you just you know you got to have this willingness to submit and and uh, just a willingness to deny your own your own selfish desires and your carnal nature and your pride and all these things and. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll be faithful, and he'll get you through it. He will. And would you say that um, the net gain from to have, being able to, to the net gain from making that choice to step out into your true identity? Would you say that that's that's well worth it when you're on the other oh, side looking back? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, in in all aspects of our lives. And you don't have any regrets, you two, do you? No. Well, what was like interesting is like as you really set your eyes and your mind on Christ, the things that you desire begin to change too. Because I know when I started um, just even volunteering at the healing rooms, there was a desire to have a work schedule that would accommodate me being more with my family. And so that's like a whole nother testimony where um, for a while I was like, I'm looking to even just take a step down. I don't even need Pay pays not an issue anymore. If I can just free up my weekends and my nights, so I can go to the places that Pete's going, can, so I can be with my family more. Um, you know, someone asked me, "Well, have you ever prayed about a new job?" And I was like, "Actually, no." So started praying about it, and then um, V God uh, Prophet came into town, and he gave me this word about an international promotion. And at the time, I was like, yeah, right, like, what, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, like, whatever, this, this just totally, like, out of, you know, left, out of left field, left field, and, um, unbeknownst to me, a month and a half, I think it was a month and a half later, I pretty much, um, was offered a position, interviewed for it, and I was, like, the only candidate, basically, what I found out later, and, um, so she was got, able to yeah. get a job that uh, allowed me to have weekends and nights off, and so that's what she happened was, for this last yeah. year. She was promoted into a job that paid a lot more money, and that had uh, normal working hours, perfect working hours. Now it's even now you okay. I'm not going to get specific. <laughs> well, let but, me uh, ask if let me blessed, ask, yeah. let me ask Lori if. If this word of prophecy hadn't been spoken into your life, do you think you would have been sitting there in that interview chair in the first place? No, I wouldn't have had any idea. And what what was interesting is as everything started coming together. Are you asking a tricky theological question? No, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Um, yeah, I don't know if it would have happened or not, but no. I just think that uh, God gave that prophetic word beforehand just to just to confirm that when it did happen, that that was of God. My question was, wasn't theological. It was a heart-based question. And actually, let me explain the question. It, what, just the thing that popped into my head was, um, so would you, you know, the, would you say that if you're willing to listen to the Spirit, 
Um, would you say that you'd be in a lot better position, you know, than if you ignored that word and went about it on your own? I mean, or I mean, if you listen, if you if you didn't hear that word of prophecy spoken into your life, would you have even pursued that goal, that new position? Probably not. I mean, I don't. I. It was kind of a weird thing because I had been asking for some direction, and I actually put it on the shelf and I think a lot of times people say sometimes if it doesn't you don't quite understand it you just put it on the shelf it doesn't mean that it's not the word of the Lord but um, you might get better understanding later and so that's kind of what I did is I put it on the shelf I keep a journal so I, I write down some of these things and until later when the opportunity just popped up I went back and I said oh my gosh um, this he, that was part of what he had spoken over me, and I grabbed a hold of it, and I just said, you know what, if if this is my way to get a work schedule that I've been praying for, I'm going to pursue it. And so it actually it more encouraged me um, than more than anything. Wow, that is too cool. I just wanted people to, to know that it's so important when you get these words of prophecy to put them to put them in that journal and keep them in your mind uh, because yeah. you might not – if you don't do that, right, it may not come to pass. Is that – I mean is it so – is it really – Is it's really important to listen to that, right? But then also you have to um, measure it up because if you also – need to test the word as well right pete i mean yeah oh yeah so yeah. when a prophet yeah. speaks over you you have to ask yourself does that resonate with you yeah you see you know i believe we're all called to be prophetic because we have the holy spirit inside of us so we're all you know i'm not really so uh fixated on titles you know i and identifying certain people saying oh he's a prophet because i i people speak into my life all the time you know, from my friends, my family, my wife, my pastors. Uh, you know, I, I believe God speaks through everybody. But just just to look at the what Paul said, just let's take it back to Scripture. Um, you know, Paul says in First Corinthians fourteen, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but most of all that you may prophesy. And prophesy is just speaking what you believe God has put inside your heart. Now, prophecy in the New Testament is different than in the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, the people of Israel did not all have the Holy Spirit inside of them. So when a prophet would give a word and claim to be speaking in the name of God, the people would have no way to judge that because they didn't have the Holy Spirit within them. In the New Testament, it's different. We all have the Holy Spirit um, giving us words to speak, but we also have the Holy Spirit inside of us so that we can test the, the words that people speak claiming to that it's God. So that's why I believe there needs to be a lot more, um, uh, let's, I don't know, tolerance for people that claim to be prophetic, claim to be speaking a word from the Lord. Um, that's why we don't kill people that give a bad word anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Because we're because the responsibility is two ways. There's a responsibility on the person giving the word, and there's a responsibility on the person receiving the word. And it really comes down when you're, even when you read anything on the internet, you know, the responsibility comes down to the person receiving it to judge it. And, you know, it's, I think a lot of people go overboard in trying to judge 
prophets as individuals, saying, okay, he, is he a false prophet or is he a true prophet? I can see where he's given a couple words that turned out being a little off, therefore he's a false prophet. No, not necessarily. We need to, we, need, we can focus on judging the individual words. And the way you judge a prophet is actually by the fruit of his life and by his character. Because, you know, Jesus said at the end times there will be people who say, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? And God's going to say, I never knew you. Yet they were exercising the gifts that God gave them. Who, could you explain to me, now that's a question that I've struggled with for 25 years. What qualifies you to be that person that God, that Jesus never knew? Oh, so yeah, what kind of... What kind of a person? Well, you- In other words, you know, what something some, something really hit me yesterday. I had this huge spiritual experience yesterday where the Spirit just came and taught me all these things. And one of the things was that um, when, you, when the Bible says to test the spirits, one thing occurred to me is you should test your own spirit, right? Yeah. And That's these- true. Yeah, what's your motive? Yeah. Like- yeah. yeah. That's something that just occurred to me, and but, but for people out there, you know, you've just opened up a can of worms, Pete. Oh, I know. We Dude. could we could go another hour oh. just talking about that. I know, but there's people out there that are are really are worried that they are the yeah. per, one of the people that Jesus said I never knew. So could you yeah. just speak to that for just a second? Well, I mean, it, it comes down to to motive, and it comes down to love. I mean, I just think there's people out there that. Uh, their focus is on building their own ministry. Their focus is on trying to receive the accolades from man, you know, and uh, and they're just not stewarding their gifts in a way that brings glory to God. They're stewarding their gifts in a way that's building their bank accounts, and and uh, yet they're still the gifts of, that God gave to them. It's just they're misusing them. Um, so yeah, it's that was that's one of the toughest words that Jesus ever gave. Oh yeah, you know, someone their whole life has been totally applauded. seems like they've been totally applauded by everyone around them. They, they have a ministry of signs, wonders, miracles, but yet Jesus says, I never knew you. I mean, that's just... But remember when we were talking about it, it's like our character should be greater than our gifting. That's right. Because what he says is we should just, even without saying anything, just our, the, our life that we're walking in should just be a testimony, just without even, you know having to tell people what we're doing, your character just will be able to speak to multitudes. Yeah. That's important. And it it just, a lot of it goes down to the biblical model of leadership, you know, and the way Jesus presented it, the way Jesus led. You know, he led as a servant. Paul led as a servant. Yet he's the most important apostle of the New Testament. You know, that's the kind, you know, that's true. There's nothing false and how Paul lived his life. And I just think, yeah, and the, the church is filled with people who use their status, use their gifts to manipulate people. You know, one thing rich. One thing that really hit me, this something you said the other day, was um, that uh, a lot of the problems with people's perception of signs and wonders is the fact that God will give uh, this power to anybody who asks for it you don't yeah. have to be holy that's right Could that's you... that's that's crazy isn't it yeah i mean isn't that so irresponsible of god to do that no but <laughs> I mean, it sure seems like it right 
No, I mean that's what people would think. Right. I mean, if we if we were to run the church the way we want to, we would put up a list of qualifications. This is what you got to do, and then okay, I'll give you a gift of healing. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, 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 yeah. You can steward it. I'll give it to you. Yeah. No, the kingdom works different, and that's why you have so many of these crazy, irresponsible people that we like to trash talk in the charismatic movement that have just come off the streets and they have sought God and they have had, you know, uh, experiences with Jesus Christ and they've developed this personal relationship and they're powerful and they walk around and they're built up in the church and people begin to worship their anointing and they worship their gifts and they rise to a level in the church that is that far exceeds their character absolutely and and then of course there's a side of the church that wants to look at that person and say it's all demonic it's all the devil yeah he's using yeah. the power of the devil that's total nonsense they're using the gifts that god gave them it's just that they're stewarding them wrong and what they need they need uh we need to look at those people in love knowing that they might be on a path towards being that person that jesus says i never knew you you know, the, the, the attacks that come against these people are only going to uh, make that person become more defensive and justify what they're doing. Right, because they're going to feed their own ego, probably. Yeah, yeah. and they're going to, yeah, it's, it gets twisted. But, but you see, that's why there's this big gulf between the conservative evangelical church, which wants everyone to qualify, and the charismatic church, which just says, which they understand that God just gives them the gifts for free, and then they worship the gifts you know um but uh uh again though this is this speaks to just the character of, of hum humanity um you know you don't have to qualify for the gifts god will give them to those who ask for them um and this is this is why th there's something to be said here i'm going to try and speak it out to the best of my ability yeah please but there's a there's a reason why you see a lot of messed up people moving in signs and wonders there's a reason why. It's because they truly understand grace. Oh. Could you amplify that? It's because they know. They know that they're not. Yes, it's, it's that they know that they didn't do anything to deserve it. Oh, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They know they're messed up. They know they're flawed. So they're willing to take risks, and they're willing to – they're not worried about protecting their reputations. You're talking about Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're they're willing to step out. I mean, to see to see the power of God released, it takes risk. Faith takes risk. To see someone healed takes risk. To give an accurate prophetic word takes risk. And these flawed people that don't care about their own um, reputations, that know they're messed up, they understand grace. They understand God's giving it that to them for free, and all they got to do is step out and use it. Okay, now on the other hand, in this conservative evangelical side of the church, how come you don't see signs and wonders? Well, it's because they believe that they got to qualify. They got to believe they got to establish a certain amount of Bible knowledge, or get the degree, or or whatever, or or rise to a certain hierarchy within their church, and then they think, okay, I'm good enough. Now I'm going to seek God for a gift. But the thing is, you don't see a lot of senior pastors in the conservative church moving in signs and wonders. It's because they're afraid to fail. It's because they're afraid of their reputations. 
Is that you ego know? driven or is that It is ego driven. It is ego driven and it's and it's like the Pharisees. It's like their attitude. So we got two sides of the church dealing with different issues and we're going to see it begin to come together where we see people that uh, that have the character but that also have the heart to know that their character didn't earn them anything. You know, where, where their character, their pursuit of holy character is built on their love for God. In other words, they're, they're behaving because they don't want to break God's heart. But yet they're not worried about their reputation, so they're, worried, so they're willing to step out and risk and to do things that nobody else would think to do, that the world would look at them and think they're crazy. And you can set yourself up for criticism that way. I mean, some of these people, it's not even fair the way they've been bashed. Yeah. Right? Because the discernment ministries, they'll go too far. They they will discern something completely out of existence. Right? Or am I missing yeah. the point? No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's – yeah. The, one of the biggest uh, hindrances to revival, the way we are praying for it, the way we want to see it, is this fear of deception. This fear that even though we're asking God to move, even though we're asking God for gifts, that somehow the devil's going to sneak in there, and it's it's something that's something that's got to be taken out. We got to ask God to remove that that fear, and it comes down to fear of man. It comes down to fear of reputation. It comes down to ego. Absolutely. Let me slap you out of left field with this one, and this one has always bothered me. It's always thrown up a red flag. And um, I've always just cringed when I thought about it, and I don't think it's true, but I want to ask you, you know, have you ever heard people tell, warn you and say, you know, warning, the devil can heal people too? Um, yeah, I, I haven't had anybody accuse us of, being, of using that power, but, no, I, but I mean, I'm well, I'm well aware, yeah, I'm well concept. aware that uh, – that the devil can heal people. Oh, can he? That's, that's that was my that was my question to you. I've always doubted that and said, "Wait a minute, is that really well, true?" But I don't know. I'm asking you. Yeah, I I believe I believe he can. I I believe that the the one of the draws of the whole New Age movement um, is that they can bring a certain level of counterfeit healing. You know, they can. Uh, you know, it's so funny. We just uh, us Thursday night. Our pastor just started. Uh, he's going to do a series on deliverance, which is kind of a realm that we're just starting to get into. I'm starting to see certain things happen. You know, the more you're into healing, the more you realize the devil's behind it. So these kinds of issues are going to come up. Um, but uh, as we're coming to the, uh, we're we're in a it's a three story building, and uh, as we're coming to the elevator on the bottom level, we see this advertisement. Um, for the Unity Church, and they actually have an office space directly above on the third floor, directly above our church office, and they are having a symposium on healing. And according to the Unity Church, they're saying that they're tapping into the universal soul force to bring healing. Uh -oh. They're not mentioning the name of Jesus, and Pastor Ed was commenting on that, saying that that's dangerous because you're just once you just once you perceive that the universe is just one big spirit. And you open yourself up and you ask the universe to heal you. Oh, man. You're opening your door wide open and you don't even know what kind of spirit is going to walk through that door. No. So. That's like pulling out a Ouija board. 
Yeah, essentially, it's it's dangerous on that level. Yeah. But um, so um, is there? So how a, do you test the healing? How do you know what was from God again? Yeah, look, I mean, what? what how do you deal with somebody who would say something like that to you? Yeah, Warning, just, Pete: the devil can heal. What do you? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because you you have to be able to deal with that, right? Or yeah. Do you, yeah. Well, I mean, we we are praying in the name of Jesus, and everything we're doing is to glorify the name of Jesus and to make him famous the way he should be, you know, Amen. in this world. Um, That's a good but, answer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what do you do for, for people that say, oh, that's interesting that you heal in the name of Jesus. Well, I heal in a different way, and I see results too. Um, you know, the bottom line is, how do you test it? You need the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, you know, we test it based on the fruit. And the fruit of any true healing is that someone is more in love with Jesus. Oh. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean. That is the answer. That's it. You know, you've seen a lot of people that you have healed in the name of Jesus. And you have seen them actually go out. I know Louis is a huge example. And become huge uh you know, healers themselves on fire with their own yeah. ministries, right? Sure. Yeah, and that's that's true fruit. That's how it's that's how it's supposed to grow. It's supposed to be a snowball effect. I, I believe that's how the early church grew. You know, the early church grew through the power of the prophetic word and through the power and through the demonstration of signs, wonders, and miracles. If you've got somebody listening, you know, now I know it. I know for a fact that there are people that are going to be listening to this right now. We're in their ear right now, and they're out there, and they are not anywhere near Hawaii. They may be in, you know, Michigan or New York or South Carolina. You know, they may be in Finland or France. You know, and there's a lot of Iron Show listeners in the jungles of India. Believe it or not, and they want to know. They say, "Wow, Pete." And Lori, they're speaking into my life. Ah, uh, I want. I'm jealous now. I want to g- walk down that path. Where do they? Where do they start? I mean, you know, where, where would you? Where would you point them? Well, um, let's see. If they're if they're listening to it, they have access to the internet. Right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. You just uh, for me, for me, I got fired up by listening just to more and more testimony, and. It, Remember I talked about how I first was exposed to the, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit? I read this huge book on the Pentecostal charismatic movement over the past 100 years. Right. I mean, not everyone's going to want to do that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I really believe that if people want more, and they want to see the authentic demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, they, and I, I really believe that, I mean, it, it was it was the same thing for me. I, I got a taste of this, and the Holy Spirit just ignited something in me where I just was like, yes, I need that. I was just drawn to it, just in a major way. And But I believe that the Holy Spirit will guide people to the right fellowships, guide people to the right um, ministries, guide people to the right books and the right testimony. So that, that's what they need to do. Um, and I'll just give... Uh, one example that really spoke to me was Bill Johnson's book, um, When Heaven Invades Earth. That Great was book. huge. That was huge in, in my life. I read it. As far as just as far as just listening to these testimonies modern day and saying, Wow, yes, I knew this was possible. I knew this was I, I knew that I was created to to see miracles. 
to do miracles in the name of Jesus. It's just something that resonated within me. So, um, yeah, I, that's uh, we we love Bill Johnson's books and his and his church and and uh, we've uh, uh, we've read a lot of their stuff. They actually have uh, one of their one of their assistant pastors is Danny Silk, and he's like their relationship guy. He's really their pastoral kind of figure dealing with all the issues that uh, you know. And that's really the toughest thing about um, being part of the Christian church is dealing with other Christians. And he kind of yes. helps people uh, walk. He helps walk people through that. And his uh, big series that he did that was really helpful to us is called The Culture of Honor. But uh, Danny's interesting. He comes from the Northern California. Uh, he's really uh, almost has like a sarcastic manner. He's very funny, um, but he's deep. And I just remember listening to him. I remember listening to uh, the Bethel Church pod, sermon podcasts. And I'd really, uh, really like listening to Bill Johnson, but then Danny would preach once in a while, and I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, who's this guy?" I just didn't like the way he sounded. I was like, "This guy, this guy's an idiot. Why do they, why do they let him preach?" You know, and that was just my initial reaction. But you know what? I got over it, and I actually started to pay attention to the words coming out of his mouth and and the teaching that he was bringing. So that's. Actually, for our home group, we went through, I think it was like six just DVDs of him preaching on this subject called The Culture of Honor. And that's how, just really how to deal with each other within the church, how to lift each other up, how to, you know, give authentic prophecy, which is the purpose of that is to to uplift, encourage, and comfort people, you know? Um, So, yeah, we, I don't want to just talk about Bethel Church because there's a you know there's a lot of other churches um, but I just believe wherever you're at well also the the healing room ministry itself is yeah. huge there's there's like over a thousand healing rooms around the world uh, and you can go to their website and they can direct you immediately to the one that's closest to you um, yeah I mean if you want to actually step into doing this doing the ministry in a safe environment that's an excellent place to to start that kind of thing or you can just listen to uh, to Todd White and some of his testimony, and he'll get you fired up, and you'll want to start. I mean, you'll be out on the street, like either at the gas station or at the supermarket, and the Holy Spirit, and you'll see someone walking by uh, with a limp, and the Holy Spirit will convict you and tell you, you know what? God, the Holy Spirit is in you. The power to heal is in you. Why don't you go talk to that person, ask what happened, and put your hand on his ankle and pray and get it healed? And you'll be crazy enough to believe the Holy Spirit, and you'll step out in faith, and you'll do it, and you'll see a miracle. What does that but prayer sound like? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lori. No, and I also think, like, you know, we are focused a lot on healing because that's what we're doing. But I think a lot of it, too, wherever you're at, if you're listening, it's your personal relationship with God and yeah. carving out some time. Because I do believe a sense of worship, it could, you know, it could look like so many different things. But just having that time... To just um, seek God. Yeah. You know, healing, praying for people and seeing them healed is one thing, but knowing in your heart that you are completely set apart for Jesus and that you've put some, um, you've made some time for Him to be in your life. You don't just incorporate Him or incorporate Him on Sunday, you know, for church, but that you're really seeking Him. That's the true difference, too, is, you know, we can go to all these conferences, we can go to all these church events, but it's really your heart issue and your deeper relationship, um, personal relationship that you're building 
that you make time for. So this come the healing ability, uh, the the Holy Spirit being able to work through you. That doesn't come out of a head knowledge, does it? It comes out of a like a heart knowledge. Would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 faith. I mean, faith is. People have said faith is the currency of heaven. I mean, that's how that's how we get things done. That's how we release heaven on earth is is through faith. And uh, yeah, it's it's beyond head knowledge. I mean, if, you know, you do got to read the words in the Bible and make a conscious decision to believe them in your yes. head. But it's got to, it does have to sink in deeper before you're actually going to um, do anything about it. <laughs> I think also it's like a conscious decision for kingdom living. Like we're not just doing this every first and third Saturday in a room. It's just like, as we go, just like Jesus, as he went, he saw the needs of people around him and he responded. And so you know, we do have this thing where we have a safe place for people, but we don't limit ourselves. Yeah. We don't put ourselves in a box that yeah. if we see someone who might have a need outside when we're walking around, when we're fellowshipping, whatever, that we just step into um, and being more bold to just pray for people out in the open, even if they're complete strangers. Yep. That's a huge thing. What do you say to the person right now that's listening to this saying, look, I'd really like to get step into the step into the 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 uh the what god has you know what the the my identity my true identity in christ you know to go out and heal the sick you know and and um but you know all this but this is all associated with the pentecostal church so now yeah. i'm gonna have to get into the assemblies of god or the united <laughs> pentecostal church and i don't want to do that i don't agree with their theology what should right. i do is it is this only the realm of the pentecostal church or are we seeing this uh, expand into all you know oh, into yeah. other theologies like that are there yeah, i mean are there Baptists out there healing now? I mean, oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, it, it's expanding. I mean, people are people are beginning to understand that the whole Bible is true, even the good stuff. Right. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. <laughs> but, you know, it's not just the gloom and doom that's headed our way. It's not this judgment on a wicked world. There's actually good stuff in there, and yeah, we're called to. Jesus said, "As the Father sent me, I send you." Uh, the Bible says that Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the devil. So, uh, yeah, that's that's our job, to go out in the world every day, destroy the works of the devil, beat back the kingdom of darkness, shine our light. And it's like Todd White says, it's not this little light of mine. No, it's <laughs> what we have. We've got this huge, massive, nuclear-powered spotlight that we are just blasting into the darkest of places. Whoa. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. That's iron show material right there. And it's and it's and it's fun. And it's fun to see people transformed, and to see people with a crazy look on their faces, saying, "Wow, just what happened? You know what what just happened?" And then you get to share. Then you get to then you have an open door to talk about Jesus and to share the gospel. And you don't gotta change anybody's mind about theology or doctrine or, or what they need to believe. I think in everything we do, the mo most important thing is to just point back to Jesus because he's just using us in everything we do just to glorify right. him. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up like, oh, who prayed for that person and who, you know, when, who got healed? But it's like really knowing that the power comes from him. He's the source. And 
in everything we do, no matter where you are, like Jesus is going to meet your need, whatever state right. of Christianity you're in, whatever move you're in, um, right where you are, if you're just a beginner, uh, you know, just starting to understand who God really is. And God's going to use every single willing and able person who wants to um, fulfill their destiny and what God's got for them. So it's just um, anyone, anywhere where you're at, God's yeah. going to use you. Yeah. Now, since you since you started in the, both in the healing rooms and um, stepping into that that place of uh, being a, a vessel for the Holy Spirit, um, that now you haven't just turned Pentecostal. You still have your old theology to a, a, a large degree, right? I mean, I know the listeners wondering that. I mean, I, I still have my foundation of, of Bible knowledge, absolutely, and I still, you know, I still. Uh, I still have my my end times views. I still think I'm I'm correct on that. I mean, and and the one thing that I've noticed that I've dealt with is um, a lot of uh, Pentecostal charismatic theology is dominionist. You yes. know, a lot of it is is that uh, God's given us all the power. We're going to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth, and then Jesus is going to come back. And you know, I, I see there's a lot of error in there, and I don't agree with a lot of that. Um, but yet, I still believe that we're that, that shouldn't. Uh, the realization that uh, that there is going to be a new world order, that there is going to be an antichrist coming, that realization should in no way inhibit us from getting back to plan A, which is preaching the gospel, destroying the works of the devil, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead. That's plan A. That's how this thing works. That's how the kingdom expands. And there should be no fear about what's coming that hinders us from doing that. So I actually believe that God has been able to use a movement that might have some serious doctrinal flaws to actually get some stuff done. Because I think a lot of other Christians that uh, are so full of head knowledge and worry and trying to figure out what's happening in the future, they're so stuck in you know their Bible knowledge that they're kind of not much use for God's kingdom right now. That's an interesting point. <laughs> but I believe it's all going to come together. And I believe that certain things are going to happen in their future that are going to um, you know that uh, the Pentecostal charismatic side is going to get uh, a, you know they're going to be uh, confronted with the a, uh, a proper es eschatology, uh, but it's in no way is it going to shake them off of what they're doing. It might just fire them up even more. Well, I think my view is a little bit like um, parts of the body. So I mean, I think there are people out there who are eschatology experts who are born teachers who are imparting some truth are, are definitely there for a reason. So, I mean, the ear can't function without the eye, right. without the nose, without the mouth. So, I mean, we don't want to bash these people. I think they have a calling. They may have a calling to um, exploit those things and go deeper. And I think um, everyone has a plan and a purpose, so we don't want to cross anyone out from the path that they're on right now. Now, if somebody wants to uh, get step into this new identity, you know, they're listening to you and they're going, that's what I want. Now, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to him saying, look, this is your path now. This, you, the reason you're here listening to this, the Iron Show here, is that, you know, you've been called into this path. Now, now the first thing you want to do is you want to try to associate with some like-minded Christians who believe, you know, this, that, that same way, spirit-filled right. people, believe in, the, believe in the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, believe in healing, you know, believe right. in that new identity. But the only people you can find in your area 
area are a bunch of Pentecostals who you don't agree with their theology. Is it okay to go ahead and associate with them even though that you have some contention with some of their (laughs) theology? Yeah, yeah. And you've got to ask for the grace of God to be able to just keep your mouth shut and <laughs> and spit out the bones and take the meat that that uh, that the Lord has for you. You know, my first experience with the presence of God with the power of the Holy Spirit was in a little oneness Pentecostal church. That uh, the more time I spent with them, the more time I realized their theology was off. Okay, yeah. I spent about three months with them, hanging out with them, seeing amazing, powerful worship. Just I, I still to this day haven't seen it. A church so united in worship of God. Just, I mean, they were just, the Holy Spirit was so thick in there. There'd be these fragrances that would come in. Um, there'd be emotion. There'd, this old guy that would, it's like he would come uh, hobbling in. And then during worship, he'd be bouncing off the walls, you know. Cool. It, it was, yeah. Um, so I just, uh, I realized that God wanted me there. And there was something I needed to learn from him. And, and I, he gave me the grace to realize that I didn't need to get into any debates with any of these people. And I didn't the whole time. Um, but what I did is, is after I realized that, that uh, my carnal mind could not take, um, could only take so much of their bad theology. So, um, but, you know, I, I left, but the Holy Spirit stayed. You know, yeah, I was more offended point. at their, their doctrinal issues than the Holy Spirit was. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so God bless them. They're, I love them. They're they're still you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in heaven with them soon. Um, but yeah, I was able to. God just led me to the right fellowships, to the right churches, and led me to the right people, the people that He had preordained to be a part of my life. And I think that's what will happen. And and yeah, it, it, you might just be right that if people want to to step out in this direction, develop a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit see the demonstrations of, of the power of the Holy Spirit being modeled by people, they might have to turn towards some of these wild Pentecostal charismatic groups and for a season uh, take what they can from them. And then God will direct them into you know, other circles of where people are, might be more like-minded and where you might not be offended so often. I think, too, like um, when the church becomes less about in the four wall and you can yeah. actually fellowship with many different kinds of people i think that's where you see truly the move of god because really we are really going in the same direction there might be some doctrinal differences but but really if we're moving in the same direction really the walls need to come down and i think that's where we've segregated ourselves so much about who's what and where but if we just see the hearts of the people the love is the biggest part the is that we're looking for. I think those issues can kind of fall at the wayside because it's all about the love. That's right. I was hanging out with a good friend of mine, Dory. She came from the uh, she came from a radical New Age. Uh, uh, place, you know, she was a practitioner in the New Age, and you know, and uh, she used to cast spells and do all kinds of tarot cards and all that stuff. And she came out, and she's become a she became a Christian two years ago, eighteen months ago, and she, her her theology is 
is just impeccable. It seems like the Holy Spirit is just moving in her and, and actually teaching her theology. Yeah. She knows things that she shouldn't know. She knows she's got head knowledge that she shouldn't have. But yeah. but one thing that really impressed me about her is that last night we were talking about it and she's going, well, I have this Christian friend that's still doing practicing some magic and still doing some remote viewing. And I said, wait a minute, you just called them a Christian, but they're doing this. And she says, well, yeah, they believe in Jesus. They're a Christian. They've got problems, but they're a Christian. Their theology's messed up, but they're a Christian. I said, Dory, I'm so impressed with that. I that's very rare. We don't we have to acknowledge that there are other people that who are Christians who don't who they're they either have a problem or they or they don't understand something they need to know or yeah yeah that's and well her responsibility though is to pray for her friend you know right and I, and I think she's she's probably right that. A confrontation with that person um, might not be justified at this time, but yeah, she. Uh, but I agree. Yeah, that that person. I, there's this testimony of uh, of uh, from the first century of a whole battalion of Roman soldiers that were that were killed because they refused to submit to Caesar because they put their faith in Jesus. But the, here's wow. the deal. They were Gnostic Christians. Oh, they were whoa. Gnostic Christians. Bad they had, theology. <laughs> they had terribly, they had wicked theology. But yet, they died because they put their faith in Jesus. So I, you know, I just I just see that we got to look at uh, heaven as, you know, Jesus is looking for an excuse to bring us into heaven. He's not looking for an excuse to cast us out. That's, wow, that's deep. That's so important. Say that one more time. Uh, I want that to soak in to me and everybody listening. Yeah. Let me take it. Let me let me go. God the Father. Okay. The heart of the Father is is love. The heart of the Father is he wants to redeem his family. And so the heart of the Father is he's he's looking for an excuse to bring people into heaven, not looking for an excuse to keep people out. So, Whoa. yeah, heaven is going to be a very diverse place. But we're all going to love Jesus. You know, I want to go on the record here, and I'm going to offend probably a lot of listeners out there. But I want you to know that this is my this is what this is where I stand. If you come up to me and you tell me that you believe that Jesus is God, and that you believe that He died for your sins, and you believe that He was raised from the dead, I'm sorry, but you're a Christian. Whatever else. Whatever else you believe is something you need to work on, obviously. But I'm sorry. I'm going to take that at face value, and I'm going to accept you as a Christian. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what a Christian is, right? That's right. That's right. And then as then as that person listens to more and more iron shows, you know, iron sharpens iron. <laughs> that's And right. that person's uh, doctrine Amen. will eventually get worked out. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, I've I've always thought that as we as you know, let's let's picture ourselves in a terrible place, in the middle of the great tribulation. Uh, you know, now if you're if you're pre-trib, you don't believe you'll be here. That's fine. But if you um are if you missed the if you're coming to Jesus after the rapture, let's say from that kind of point of view, I don't have a I don't have a I don't have a rapture theology myself, but. If you're in the Great Tribulation and the patrols are 
are combing the streets. They're hunting you down, and you're hiding in this abandoned building, and you can hear the footsteps of the soldiers of the beast coming closer, and you run into You bump elbows with the guy, and you turn around, and you ask him, I said, and you say, are you a Christian? You know, uh, or uh, what are you? Or if you ask him and you say, what are you? Uh, and he'll say, I'm a Christian. You're not going to – that's going to be good enough. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not going to say – Your brothers instantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you don't get out the comparison chart. Okay, once saved, always saved. Yeah, yes, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, brother, we have to break fellowship here. I can't believe you hold that doctrine. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna have to go find another cave to hold, to hide out in. Yeah, it's not gonna happen, is it? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I've always thought that. I I wish I wish people would be more. And you know, and you really see this. Uh, both of you, you have this vision of the church, the denominations, really breaking down boundaries and coming together. As we, especially as we get closer and closer to these end times. Yeah. Don't yeah. right. And even yeah, if we weren't so. in the end times, you still see that happening. You see the division starting to break down, right? Yeah, I do. And, mm-hmm. I, and I believe, like Gloria was mentioning that verse earlier about how you know, Paul compared the church to the different parts of the body. And Gloria's right. There's too much. You know, the eyes criticizing the feet too much. And uh, the hands are criticizing the mouth too much. And, and we're going to begin to realize that we're all working together here. And little doctrinal differences... Uh, the grace is going to be extended much more in the times ahead, and we're going to remember and get back to the most important thing, you know, which is dis- destroying the works of the devil and watching the kingdom of heaven expand. So I believe the church is the the true church, the remnant, the bride of Christ, is going to be taken up to heaven in a blaze of glory, um, leaving a trail of testimonies in their wake that people are going to grab onto. Uh, when it when the times are really hard, and that is that a uh, I don't know what that is, but I believe it. <laughs> I don't know what you just said, really, but I believe it. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I was listening too. <laughs> I mean, I had my head down and my eyes closed, listening. <laughs> That's cool. That sounds really cool. And not only that, but you told me, look, uh, it says here, help is on the way. Could you talk about that a sec? Well, what do you mean now? What context? You said, well, now don't you worry about this, um, about the uh, the church coming together, and that it seems possible because the Bible says, "Look, help is on the way. God's gonna dis- God's gonna send uh, an angel to remove the stumbling blocks." Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, that's that one verse in Matthew. I I forget the exact verse, but yeah, it just talks about how um, uh, it's talking about the final harvest, and it's saying before. The final judgment, it says that God will send his angels to remove every stumbling block. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of stumbling blocks to unity in the church. And I believe that's a verse that talks about how those stumbling blocks will be removed. And a lot of the stumbling blocks are simply pride and selfishness and and uh, puffed up uh, Bible knowledge and that kind of thing. Um, where we're going to realize that getting back to the heart of God is the most important thing. 
Do you think it's really important to look for excuses to uh, have something in common with a Christian that is different than you? Do you think that's one of the most important things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's where we should lean towards is let's establish common ground. Let's let's share some testimony. Let's try and uh, let's try and connect with people on a heart to heart level. Where and I really think that the church is really, uh, really just really afraid of people and afraid of being wounded because in this world that's just this world just wounds people and tears people up and this world is just hugely destructive to to people's identities to people's characters. So you have a lot of wounded people in church and they like to protect themselves and they're worried about being um, you know offended and they're worried about being protected and and it just creates the cycle. But the the true kingdom of heaven breaks that, and and part of that is just allowing the Holy Spirit to move and allowing the gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit to move, especially the gift of prophecy, which its primary purpose is to edify, uplift, and encourage. So it's all positive. And once you can, once you can, uh, you know, take down your walls, be willing not not be afraid of people, be willing to connect with people on a heart to heart level, and then you'll begin to see the Father's love for that person. And you're going to connect. I mean, I've I've talked about it before, like, uh, you know, just going to various church meetings over the island, you know, and I'll meet a new person. And and it's like I meet so many people where it's just instantly just this rock-solid connection where I know this person. This person loves Jesus. This person is he's built on a solid foundation. And if me and this person hang out together for any length of time, it's going to be bad news for the devil. Because I trust this person, we're in unity about what's important, and we're going to do damage, and we're going to and we're going to make Jesus famous. I, I meet people like that all the time. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. Is, do you, do you what do you do? When, what do you both of you do? Like, do you have any kind of a uh, do you have any kind of a method or a, a thing you've developed where? When you get up in the morning, this is how it starts, and or do days just kind of just kind of just go progress like they progress? <laughs> We're getting better. We're getting better. We still, yeah. We should probably. We don't have any morning ritual in particular. Uh, uh, I shared with you before the show that that prayer that used to be my alarm for a while. There, that was pretty powerful and got me going. Um, uh, we we try to. We both journal. You know, we both try and keep track of, of the testimony that that we're just privileged to be a part of as God's using us and using people around us. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, I just finished like three months of coaching Little League Baseball. That was like five or six days a week. That was, uh, that was just a huge amount of my time. Um, and right now, I'm, you know, when I first uh, uh, stepped out pursuing God uh, hardcore, I was blessed to be able to, I was at a job where I kind of worked by myself. I'd put the worship music on and, and I'd just praise God as I worked. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm in construction, carpentry. Uh, so that was just awesome for me, uh, just, to, just to fill myself with, with the things of God for a long period of time. But now I'm back uh, at a job where I'm working with uh, four other guys that are not on fire Christians that like to say the F word, every other word. And, you know, but I've known them for years and years and that I've worked with them for years and years and I've shared testimony and, and, uh, they understand me at a whole different level now, but yet, you know, in the day to day grind, 
you know, with uh, financial pressures and stuff like that. Um, it's uh, it's a tough atmosphere to to always uh, act as a powerful Christian, you know. And but uh, but I believe that wherever we are, God does want to use us. So in the in the times ahead, uh, you know, as I you know, I still got to work. I still got bills to pay. I know that uh, that I, I just continue to see God that. Uh, that heaven will bust out on the job site, and we'll see some cool stuff. Do you have a word for somebody who's really tired? They've come home from work, right, and they, they're they so tired, but they feel like they need to get busy and and step into the will of God for their lives. Um, do you have any tricks that you – or do you have any, any, kind, of, any kind of method for um, dealing with yourself when you're tired? Well, let me let me just share what uh, we just started doing recently. It's kind of blown me away. But uh, when we first uh, had our Kauhipa uh, mission place at the warehouse through Louis's brother, we bought all this uh, audio equipment. We got this big, huge speaker and uh, microphone and uh, all the electronic stuff to do that. I'm not. I don't even know how all that works together. But anyway, we actually succeeded in uh, putting that stuff um, all together in our kitchen. <laughs> And so over the last few days, oh. um, my wife's been my wife's she she'd put a song on iTunes, and she'd sing along in the kitchen when she comes home from work, and she'd just do a couple songs, and then she'd be like, "Okay, I'm good," and I'm still getting the courage up to actually uh, uh, blast a, a whole song through, you know. I think, but <laughs> but no, you know what? Worship is so key. Worship is so key. You read testimonies of all of these. Radical Christians that have stepped out and seen amazing things in their lives. A lot of these guys that other people love to throw stones at, but their encounters with God happened through a, through a time of intense worship of God. And that pattern is the same throughout all of church history. You know, and, and the Bible says that if you seek God, then he'll reward you. And, you know, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And what does he reward you with? Well, uh, he gives you gifts. And again, it's not to say that you got to qualify, but it's just that you know God wants us to ask Him for stuff, and when we ask Him, He rewards us, and that's what uh, that's a part of the whole worship thing is we're we're worshiping God, we're thanking Him, and we're asking for more power, for more love, for more of Him in us. I think too, like when you're there's a time for war and there's a time for rest, and I think. You got to know when that shift has to happen for you, and I think from great rest comes the power to to move in the authority. And so it's a it's a weird balance, but there's a season, and most oftentimes than not, we're in opposite seasons. When oh yeah, when Pete's in the time of war and he's going, going, going. I mean, he's on a mission. I might be in a time of rest, but I think it's like listening to God and knowing what He has for you. So. He speaks to us differently. He speaks to people differently. You know? Have you have you gotten to the point where Pete's like going through the war and you're in the rest and Pete's like, Come on, get busy and you're like, No, this is my rest time. Does Pete yeah, go, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm I sorry. think that's the most frustrating <laughs> for him. And then, you know, <laughs> when we are on the same page, it's pretty powerful. But um God has something that he wants to do uniquely through each yeah, of us. Yeah. So it's not No, being on the same page it. doesn't necessarily mean we gotta be in the same season or the same you know, we can still uplift each other 
even though we have different perspectives on how to accomplish things in, in the kingdom of God, you know? And a lot of times we need that other perspective so we can move forward together. So, And some know. people are more bold than others, and some people, you know, there's some people that can only accomplish things by being confrontational. And, I mean, this is just a typical male personality, I guess, and it's typical of Louis to more to an extent than me, but, you know, he's... He's a confrontational guy that that uh, doesn't mind uh, going out on a limb and and uh, you know having attention focused on him or, or whatever. Nope, um, you got that right. But, yeah, but but you can also accomplish things in the spirit by being by being quiet and meek and and uh, tender hearted and and you know so there's different ways to accomplish the same ends and you just gotta and God understands our different personalities and our different giftings and how to utilize them. So, you know, that's a big deal with Christians is how to work together, how to identify how people operate and how to use that to the best effect. I don't have, you know, when you're on the Iron Show, Johnny doesn't have ever have a list of questions. That's why I, I always throw out the questions. I don't look at the computer screen. I look at the floor. I look at the wall. I listen to I listen to the guests, you know, the other person, and then try to, and then and then I have just my questions are actual questions. So you're getting weird questions here, Pete. They're just coming right. <laughs> they're just coming right off the fly. One, right. And we haven't prepared anything either, yeah, yeah, so we, we just, didn't have our preparation. Either. Our preparation was that little prayer we said together. <laughs> that, was that was good, it. too. That helped. I think they, that's what made the show, I mean, obviously. One question that occurred to me just now is that there's – I know. I don't need the Holy Spirit to – to impart this to me because it's just obvious to me that there is somebody listening right now who's terribly sick and the doctors they're on all kinds of medications and they're not getting better and or and there might be something anybody listening right now who's they're dying they've been told they're gonna die and they're waiting for death there's also somebody listening right now I know this they've got a kid that's sick and the doctors can't help them and they're terribly frustrated and upset would you tell them that they should go ahead and look up like healing rooms on the internet and try to find one of the healing rooms and how do they know when they found the real deal like where's a like what what what's a name that they they'll see and they know they found the actual healing room ministries <laughs> well there's there's different healing room ministries too i mean uh yeah you know the bible in the book of james it talks about one method of healing is to is to go to the elders of the church so i believe that's a valid method and that and that works um so that's one way everyone there's churches everywhere so you could easily find a church, uh, but the IAHR International Association of Healing Rooms website they do have a, uh, a map, and it will direct you immediately to your closest healing room. Um, you know, but uh, uh, I mean, right now, if someone if if someone has lost hope, uh, I think after listening to us for for a little while, they probably have a little spark of hope built up in them. So. Uh, uh, let me just pray right now, Father in heaven. Why we just we thank you for that hope that you put in in these people's hearts, Lord. And this person right now, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that that right now as this person reaches out and just in an act of faith touches the screen, that they'll feel your Holy Spirit move through them, and that they will 
have a tangible experience with the power and the love of God and that the works of the devil will be cast out of their lives and the Holy Spirit will come in and fill every dark place and this person will step up and raise their hands to heaven and thank God. And Lord, we thank you for the testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, um, if people want to uh, uh, send a prayer request, they can do that. Um, let's see here. You know what? i got to put a link. Most people know my Red Moon Rising webpage. Today I'll put a link to the to our just we have a little WordPress blog thing for our ministry, um, but our ministry you can reach it through kahuhipahealingrooms.com, and that's spelled K-A-H-U-H-I-P-A, Kahuhipa Healing Rooms, one word. So there's uh, people can email uh, a request to us there, and we will pray. Um, but uh, but yeah, our our, our ministry is. I mean, I don't even like to speak of it in terms. We're not looking for titles or we're not trying to build a ministry. What what we're trying to do with this is just to be available for the community. Um, and I just, I really believe that, uh, yeah, uh, tough times are coming. And uh, we're not supposed to be investing in silver and gold. We're supposed to be investing in the people around us. I believe the, the church the church's heart needs to be broken for the people that live around them because, I mean, we just you just go to the grocery store and you just see depression and anxiety on people's faces. And we're here on this earth to minister to that. So our little ministry and the amazing people that God has brought with us to work alongside us, uh, that's that's our goal, is just to expand the kingdom of God uh, in the little town of Kaneohe. And, uh, and we're excited because we've already seen amazing things happen. But worldwide, there's people listening to this all over the world, and they can, if, they, if they're if they sick themselves, or if they've got a, a relative that's sick, a child that's sick, there is hope. They can find a healing room near them, yeah. just about wherever they are, right? Yeah, they can. They can. And they can also pick up the Bible, believe what it says, believe that the Holy Spirit is in them, ask God for the gift of healing, believe that he gives that gift to you, without any qualification needed, act on that belief, and go and pray for that person, or even pray for yourself and stand in faith, and they can see miracles. Let me just uh, let me just say a quick prayer. Oh, please. Yeah, let's just, uh, Father in Heaven, I thank you for this opportunity to share, Lord. I thank you for Johnny. Thank you for the Iron Show. Uh, Father in Heaven, we just ask, Lord, that, uh, that people will receive lord just from the things that we've shared and then you just stir up a fire in people's hearts lord just to know you in your fullness lord just to just to just be consumed by the holy spirit and just to be completely dead to themselves and taken over by the lord jesus christ lord we know that that you want to do great things on this earth through your church in these last days we know you're coming back soon lord but lord give us the give us the peace give us the power and give us the passion to to go out into the world every single day as true representatives of you. This huge thing that you've trusted us with, Lord, let us step up and fulfill it the way that the way that you can through us, Lord. So Father, we love you and we thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's do our okay. traditional one, two, three iron show goodbye. Are you ready, Pete? Yes, we're ready. Alright. Let's count together. Okay. One, One, two, two, three, three. go!
Goodbye. 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 Hey, Pete, Lori, are you still there? Johnny. We'll be right back.